Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. So I am joined on the Nate Show today by Lauren Ansley, and that's not to be confused, by the way, with my co-host Lauren Anderson, even though the names are kind of similar. Now, my good friend and friend of the show, uh, Danny Whitson, actually recommended that I sit down and chat with Lauren for a second. But real quick, Lauren, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, because we literally just met, so you're basically introducing yourself to me (laughs) at the same time. Hi, (laughs) (laughs) So my name is Lauren Ansley. I'm a stand-up comedian based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I also own a company, a comedy show production company called Beerly Funny, that's Beer L-Y Funny, um, but also based in Charlotte, and we host comedy shows throughout the greater Charlotte region at different venues, breweries, that's the name. Uh, Charlotte is a very strong brewery community, craft beer, um, and then restaurants and different venues, and uh, also do private events. And yes, we were connected through Danny Witts, and Danny was actually scheduled to be in one of my shows. Unfortunately, that show was canceled because of right. all the craziness going on right now. Um, but we have done another, we've done it like what I call a show episode on the Beardly Funny page where we, he did a little uh, card trick, which is really fun. And we uh, had a conversation just about comedy in general and his experience. Um, and I want to say thanks for having me on here. It's kind of, it's a weird situation being that we just met, but it's like, hey, yeah, but... <laughs> what else do we have going on? We have some free time. Let's just chat. I, I think that, and I, I sometimes, I fancy myself a comedian, even though I'm basically still a rookie at it and haven't even been on stage in like two or three months. But I think there's a funny camaraderie, like when comedians get together, it's just kind of a natural thing. Like, I don't know if like you, how many like parties, I don't really get out much. But, like if you're at a party, like I always like try to find whoever the funny person or the comedian is yeah. at the party. Cause that's who I'd rather be around than anyone else. So like the moment, this is my first zoom meeting as well. So like, oh, but, like wow. so like Welcome. the moment that we, thanks, well, <laughs> thanks to you, you were like, Hey, let's just use zoom, whatever it works. Yeah. So I know I told you right before I hit record to remind me, you'll appreciate this because you know, Danny, you've seen Danny perform before. Um, he came on because I do a, a late night talk show in Johnson City, Tennessee, or downtown. And Danny came on the show on the night before Valentine's Day, and he did the show. He did his act, and I just kind of let him go. I was like, just do whatever. He went like thirty minutes. It was great. It was hilarious. Everyone had a good time. But he left some of his supplies. Um, oh no! Behind just a bag, just like one of those reusable, you know, shopping bags. It didn't have much in it, but just some stuff he needed for his act. And uh, I don't want to give away anything in his act, but there was an undergarment in the bag that he uses for the act. I won't say if it was a man's or a woman's, it doesn't really matter. Okay. So Valentine's day I had to go. Cause he called me. He was like, Hey, I left some stuff at the theater. Do you care to get it? And I was like, that's perfect. Cause I got to be in Knoxville this weekend anyway. So I'll just link up with you, whatever. I'll see you this weekend. And so Valentine's Day, I'm walking downtown Johnson City, and the parking's terrible. If you've ever, if you ever come to Johnson City, like it's bad, like because mm-hmm. we fancy ourselves a nice city, like with a bunch of stuff to do, but no one can park anywhere, so they just go home. But anyway, so I'm walking to the theater. It's like a mile walk just to get there, and it's Valentine's Day, so I'm like I'm alone. I'm you know a bachelor or whatever. Everyone's out on dates and dressed up and fancy, and so I'm already irritated. 
<laughs> and so <laughs> I go in the theater, I get the stuff, and the lady that runs the theater goes, hey, uh, we have some property people coming Monday to check the place out. Do you care to get your uh, little tykes basketball goal out of the back? So <laughs> I'm walking down the street on Valentine's Day with like a, a magician's bag that has underwear in it on one arm and then a basketball goal for kids on the other arm. And so that's how I spent my Valentine's Day. <laughs> that's great. So thank you, Danny, for that experience. Um, the other thing that I was going to tell you that's funny, and if I'm talking too much, please tell me. No, um, you're fine. As a comedian, I know you would appreciate this. So I've been applying different places just part-time just to stay busy and get out of the house and do whatever. And I got a call from a grocery store today and I missed, I just missed it. He left a voicemail of the manager. So I called him right back. And as he answered, um, the fire alarm was going off in the background <laughs> and he didn't seem panicked at all. He just talked straight through it. He even mentioned, he said, yeah, fire alarm's going off. So sorry for the noise. But anyway, and you could hear it like it was super loud, but he continued just to talk through it as if it didn't happen. And I was like, yeah, I think I want this job. Like if, <laughs> if the boss, I don't even care about the interview or how it goes. Like if the boss is that cool just to talk through a fire alarm, like if nothing phases him, then I think, I think it's going to work out. It's going to be my yeah, place. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Is it a in-person or a virtual? It's in-person. So okay. I got to get my mask ready and you know do all that. But yeah, I've noticed that most grocery stores just straight up don't care right now. They're just like, whatever we got, you know, if you're risking your life coming in here, that's on you. That's not on us. So, Are you all required to be doing like any kind of social distancing or anything right now? Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, I think the city of Johnson city has made it to where it's the six foot rule. And then they even took like the rims off of basketball goals. So people wouldn't go to the park and play ball. Cause wow. like the day that they first announced this, I drove by like the, park where I usually go shoot and there were literally 30 guys out there playing pickup ball and it's all up on each other and I was just as a baller like I enjoyed seeing that <laughs> but at the same time I was like yeah that's probably not the best move right now so yeah we're we're uh, sheltering in place in Charlotte you're only allowed to go out like to the grocery store or yeah. for essential errands or if you're an essential employee and I learned long ago I was not an essential employee so <laughs> well they have a they have a list where it's like, yeah, you're allowed to go out for grocery supplies, that sort of thing to and from work. And then there was like, I think in our County, there's a little loophole that if you're going to visit, like if you're going to babysit or like house sit or dog sit for someone. So that's a loophole. A lot of people have been using like to go see their friends or whatever. Like, Oh, I got to go. Like they get pulled over They go, Oh, my friend, you know, she's at work. I got to go watch her dog or whatever. And they go, okay, fine. Whatever. So that's the loophole, but yeah, yeah it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. People are going to get around it, however, and it's just hopefully, you know, they keep saying flattening the curve. Hopefully that's yeah. going to come soon or at least get over the big, the big part. And it's weird for, we were talking before we were recording, it's kind of weird for us because being where you're, you're kind of setting your own schedule, you're doing comedy shows and that sort of thing. You're not, like, we're not used to the traditional people like clock in, clock out, go to and from places. We're just kind of doing our own thing. So now if, I have to go out for groceries or whatever. It's weird that there's like no one out and like all the places that I usually go are empty because it like, it doesn't, it still hasn't fully dawned on me that there's like a crisis going on. It's just like, yeah, this is weird. Like last week I was out buying groceries and everyone was here. Now there's no one here. Like what happened? And it's like, it's crazy. 
Mm -hmm. It's the new normal. And I've had lots of conversations like this, like when, what does it look like once it, you know, they keep saying it's going to like die down in the summer and then pick back up in the fall. Well, you know, there's the initial panic because nobody, nobody alive has really experienced this that, yeah. that they could recall anyway from the one that was a hundred years ago. So what does that new normal look like? Do we go back to what it was before? Are we cautious for a while? Is life over as we knew it? Did we take it for granted while we had it? Like, yeah, there's, I, I do, I do like when I talk to people who are just like, it's going to pass. It's happened before. It's a terrible thing, but you know, the pandemic hit in the early 1900s, people still went out. They still gathered humans are social animals, social beings, social animals. We're going to recover. It's just going to take a while. Yeah, it's, um, and I'm naturally that, that sort of personality where I'm just like, it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And then they get worse. And I'm like, are they though? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a pretty chill laid back kind of person. Yeah, probably to a fault though. Like, I don't want to be reckless. That's why I was telling you, like, I, you know, finally started wearing a mask when I go out just because I don't want to, because I, I'm naturally, like I said, like, I'm usually pretty cool with, you know, like whatever, I don't worry too much, but yeah, like for other people's sake, it's like, it's, it's probably a good idea. We take every precaution possible. I was in uh, target yesterday and you'll find this funny too. I hope. So I had, I was under the impression, like I felt like they were stalking me or watching me on camera <laughs> because there were two different times where, cause you know, you can't see like if you're walking diagonally across an aisle, you can't see how close people are like on the next aisle over. You can't tell. So I'd go out and go, I had to grab something, go to the next aisle. And two different times I walked right past someone that I didn't know was coming. So it wasn't like I was trying to be within six feet. It just is what it is. And then literally both times that it happened, there was an announcement on the intercom that said, attention target shoppers. We thank you for shopping with us. We again want to remind you to stay six feet away <laughs> from people. And I was the first time I was like, okay, the timing on that's like funny. And then the second time I was like, I think that they're watching me and they want me to get out of here. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard that it's, it's actually like 10 minutes of continuous contact, but then I've also heard that it's like pretty much airborne. I went, was walking on the greenway the other day and this guy was jogging. I had my headphones in and I was, you know, not oblivious, but it's like this narrow trail section that I was on. He just blew right by me jogging. And I'm like, dude, yeah. you're exhaling a lot. Back yeah. up, you know, give me like, I would have gone to the side a little bit more or something. It's just. Are you, are you excited to see? Cause I see people in my neighborhood all the time out jogging and working out and sunbathing and all that. Are you excited to see people's like mask tans? Like where they're wearing these masks or whatever. <laughs> I hadn't and thought then... about it. I hadn't thought about it. It's really funny. Remember how Hulk Hogan used to have his beard, like he had the mustache blonde that went down and then the stubble was black. I feel like that's kind of what people's faces are going to look like naturally now. Like they're going to be super tan through here and then just white. What I'm really <laughs> looking forward to. I don't color my hair. It's got some gray in it. I don't care. I'm really looking forward to these ladies who their hair is going to start growing out or they're going to do their color at home. Well, I, did, I used to get my color highlighted or like your hair is going to get longer those quarantine cuts are going to be really funny. That, that's why I did two different episodes already of the Isolate show, just yes. with hairstylists and stuff, because I felt like that was important for people to understand, like, 
it's going to be okay, but try not to do much of this at home if you can keep from it, or at least make sure you're consulting with a stylist. Like, Hey, like I'm going to try this. What should I do? Because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm not like a, a fashion expert when it comes to hair, you know, but I thought a lot of my friends are women. I wanted to make sure that they <laughs> were properly informed. And, and my biggest cool thing is going to be my eyebrows. Once yeah. they start getting real bushy, I'm going to be like, okay, where's that waxing kit online? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. What's it called? The, um, kind of blanking now, but hair? I used to, well, it's hair. Yeah. But I, no, <laughs> um, I, or you said nair. I'm talking about like threading. I used to get my eyebrows yeah. threaded like a lot. And I kind of need, as you can tell, I need to get back in there. That is but. so painful. I got mine threaded for a while. And the whole theory is they get thinner or they, you know, they get, I never experienced that. I find waxing to be a lot easier because it's just bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. It's done. Yeah, I'm I'm scared of that though. I was I mean I'm still scared of threading though. Like I I why why choose threading over waxing? <laughs> um I I was just kind of talked into it. It was just like, hey, you know, your eyebrows are getting bushy, and since you don't like me plucking them out like straight like this, why don't you see someone about getting them threaded? Because I at the time I worked in a mall and like two stores down was a salon that did that. So I was like, that's cool. And I knew one of the girls that worked in there, so I'd go in there and do it. And I trusted her. So yeah, it was, it's very effective for sure. I just, it's death by a thousand cuts for me because it's just yanking them out, you know, and it goes fast, but yeah, I don't know. It's more, I feel like it is more precise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't done it in a while. So hopefully when this is over, I have to, I mean, obviously I have to wait in line for three hours to get it done, but that's going to be really weird. <laughs> uh, you know, that you, we were talking about like comedy show demand, um, entertainment in general. It's going to be really, really interesting because people are going to flock to going out. Well, I think it'll be a wave. I think some people, the, the early adapters will want to go out immediately and start life as usual. And then there'll be people that are more hesitant. I'm probably going to be more on the hesitant side. Um, yeah. I imagine, but it's going to be crazy because people you know, a restaurant, imagine this, okay, like, in a, in a mall, there's a food court, and there's all these different restaurants, so there's clearly a demand for all these different people to have all these different things all in one location, but no, and there'll be a line sometimes, that's just on a regular day, you know, like at the pizza place or whatever at the mall, but then that mall's been shut down for months, nobody's gotten their fix, so everybody's coming, it's going to be, you know, I just, as you were saying that, I had a vision of what Chick-fil-A is going to be like, <laughs> because like the line is already, anytime I've ever gone in the mall, especially it's, it's long. So it's going to be. Gonna be oh bad. yeah. The one in the mall for sure. Yeah. So I want to ask you real quick, cause I'm, you know, we talked about this even on Facebook, but I'm kind of all over the place. Um, how long is kind of generic questions though? Because I, I think, didn't you say you had like questions for me? You told me you like written yes, some I have, questions. I have a little bucket here that I can, a little oh, conversation that's ex- bucket. That's exciting. I'm doing a similar thing as you. So I've kind of got these questions that gotcha. are available just as needed. Yeah. Well, I want to say like, how, um, how long have you been doing stand up? And then furthermore, was that something that you kind of always wanted to do or did you, because I basically just kind of stumbled into it, even though I'd always had a love yeah. for it. So. So, um, my family would take these trips when we were kids and there were seven kids and seven adults and all the kids were cousins. And we put on this cousin show and it started off as my cousins would take, were in dance class 
and they would do their dance routines because we all lived in different places. So we'd get together for like a family reunion once a year and they would do their family, their dances, their routines. And then it expanded from there to doing actual like skits and sketches and shows. So, and then we started doing themed shows and I was the comic relief. So I was always kind of like um, funny as a kid, but more in like an acting kind of way. I was very shy. So I really only did it with cousins, with the cousins show growing up. And then um, a few years ago, I was actually on a first date and this guy mentioned that he had taken the stand-up comedy class from the local comedy club and um, showed me his video. And I was like, I could do a lot better than that. So <laughs> I took the class and I loved it. I loved it. And I did really well for the graduation because it's a, like a seven week class. Like a lot of comedy classes, you, you go multiple times and then you do like a graduation set where all of your friends and family come. And it was amazing. It's on my website <laughs> if you want to check it out. Um, but then I did an open mic after that, and it's totally different experience. You know, as a as a fellow performer comedian, no one laughed. Everyone was comics. They were just waiting to go up and do their set. So I was so embarrassed that I quit for three years. So I took I just couldn't. But I'd always think of like comedy content. And I missed it. So. This is a very long, drawn-out way of answering. No, no, you're good. But um, then May of 2015, I decided to get back on stage. So I went back to an open mic, and I've been going ever since. So I've been going now for next month will be three years in a row. That's when I claim my comedy anniversary. I call the other one just kind of like a tester. Um, it's been amazing. I've been in multiple comedy festivals in North and South Carolina. Um, I have an event planning background, so that's been really helpful. Um, started producing my own shows last summer um started my own company then um and have been going ever since and then three months into doing the stand-up comedy shows I actually quit my full-time job and started doing this full-time so yeah. I'm super passionate about it but I'm not trying to be a star I'm tr I don't see myself as being like a headliner I see myself as being a uh, springboard for other comics so I like to have a lot of local comics on my shows um, support the local scene. I like to have um, comedians that aren't necessarily always represented, like um, all different backgrounds, demographics, ethnicities, um, styles, yeah. uh, and uh, also, you know, as a, as a woman in stand-up, there's not a lot of us, so I really try to have a lot of opportunities for my fellow ladies on the shows. Um, so that's kind of the background in a nutshell. How, um, I'm always curious about this too. What did, well, first of all, were you, I think everyone's nervous. Were you scared at all going up your first time or did you? Heck yeah, I'm scared yeah. every time. Every time. I did that virtual show last night and I was nervous. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. Every what, time. What did that, and I, I asked you that so I could ask you this. What does that first, what did that first laugh feel like? Like when you got up and you told a joke and you actually got a real response and the laughter, what did that feel like? So that experience for me is probably amplified a hundred times by your typical open mic first time experience because I, it was at the comedy class graduation night. We'd been working together writing for seven weeks and we hadn't told this whole set to anyone ever until the night of the big performance. So it's kind of like in your experience as an actor going on that stage for the first time after you've been working behind the scenes, you don't know how it's going to be received. Yeah. It was amazing because it's this wave of joy that just crashes over you back in the form of laughter. And it was just 
Ah, yeah. It was amazing. I, uh, here, here's how my anxiety works. I was nervous and anxious to go up. I was scared. I, I went up and I told a joke. I still remember the joke, but I, I, I told it and it got a laugh. And I remember how euphoric that felt for like two seconds. It was like the best feeling. Then I was like, oh no, and I have to do that again like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I host a lot of shows and as the host or the MC, um, like you're doing now, you every show is different. You're yeah. hosting different people. You kind of have to play off their energy and their content. And that's what I like. I like it staying fresh. You know, when you start to do your own set over and over again, you just go up, you do your set and you leave. And it's yeah. easier. It's easier. Um, you still have to work really hard to get to that point where you're entertaining and you're funny enough to be able to captivate people for that length of time. But it's not as challenging to me as hosting. Because hosting, you can't, like, when I do a show in a brewery, I don't want to tell the same set every month. You know, so you have to, okay, what did I tell here last month? Because you're the repeat performer. Other people are coming and going. But you have to keep it fresh. Yeah. That's kind of where I got, like, fairly recently, where I was just doing um, the same shows and the same set and, like, the, for the same people. And I was just like, I'm tired of this. Like, I know they're not, I'm tired of hearing myself say this. So I'm sure that, and I just started overthinking it and wanted to get away and focus more on the hosting. So yeah, like I, I totally get that. And it is a fun challenge where you can like, okay, if, if I've got, if I'm working with Danny, for example, I know he's going to be one way, but then I meet someone maybe like you or someone else that I've never worked with before or talked to and kind of solving that puzzle of, of how to get something good out of it. Like I, I really, I enjoy that thrill almost as much as just the pure raw laughter from telling a joke. Yeah. So, and if you can get that callback, like between the performers, if you can say something that relates to that person, or their yeah. set, that, that is, I think the most genuine laughter that people have is when they realize you couldn't have made that up any other situation except for right now. So that was an in the moment, one time only joke yeah it's a beautiful thing you're thinking of a time aren't yeah you? like there was it, i didn't even think it was funny it was just kind of off the cuff like i was hosting a show it was one of the last shows that i hosted like straight up stand-up shows and i had a comedian from knoxville uh andrew mccaffrey uh on and he was about to come up and like i had had this nice introduction for him and i totally spaced on what i was going to say and so I just said, the guy that I'm about to bring out, and by the way, Jerry Seinfeld says, never introduce someone as this is the funniest person ever. Cause then the crowd goes, okay, whatever, whatever. So I said, this guy is the funniest person I've ever met named Andrew. And it got like the biggest laugh I've ever gotten. I was like, I didn't even think it was that funny. And then he came out and he killed and the people thought he was amazing. But yeah, I just remember that laugh. I was like, maybe I should just trust my instincts more often instead of trying to come up with everything. So. Yeah, there was a, I hosted one of the comedy class graduations and there was one of the performers. There's like 10 plus performers on the show. So it's a very, like constantly going. And I tried to make a joke after each set because it's a very special experience for these performers. So this one goes up there for her graduation and she painstakingly explains how to pronounce her name and she spells her name. And at the end, at the beginning of her set, at the end of her set, she spells her first name and her last name very slowly and I go up there and I think her name was I'm gonna forget I think it was Dolores or something and I went up there and I was like give it up for Dol 
I've heard, I've heard, I'm butchering it right now, but I think I said, give it up for Delilah, everyone, because she had made such a big deal out of how to pronounce yeah. her name and everything, and I clearly intentionally butchered it. Can't ever replicate that, but it was, it, it and then it was just fun, and it's not teasing, because I don't like to be mean to people, but it was just playful enough where it was like, yeah, okay. I, I enjoy those. Yeah, I enjoy those moments. I was gonna say you've got because we've only got maybe like yeah. 15 minutes or so left. I know I'm, I'm itching to ask you a question. Go for it. By the way, like, I don't even know if I'll have that job interview today because if the stores burned down, the fire alarm was going <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I hope I hope that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. Are you ready? I guess. Any food you don't eat um i'm not really big on most seafood or at least like raw seafood like okay. i can handle like fried stuff because of course you know i'm southern so anything fried usually is pretty More good fried, the better. but yeah I, I don't like i'm not big on like you know a lot of shrimp or sushi or anything like that it's just not really my thing so mm -hmm. Any reason yeah. you just don't like it? A lot of it's just texture. I think it's not even so much, you know, a moral thing or anything like that. It's just more like it just, it's, I'm still a little kid when it comes to that. It's one of the main reasons I'm not a mayonnaise fan either. It's just something weird about the texture of it. Now, it's like, now it's, I'm questioning your southerness. That yeah. does not seem like, how can although, you not like mayonnaise? Although mayonnaise, I would say mayonnaise like on a burger, like mixed in with a bunch of other stuff is great. Like if I go get like a Dave's Double from Wendy's, like that's sort of where it's at. But yeah, I don't understand people that just put like mayonnaise on a hot dog. That's not really my thing. By the way, <laughs> no, look, no offense. I was just going to say though, it's like a, a, a cheap plug that I'm doing. I did a podcast episode last summer called Hot Dogs in America. And I actually use, I can never say this without laughing. I use the website hotdog.org for information on this. <laughs> was there just, a lot of filler? <laughs> yeah, but it was all these rules for like do's and don'ts of a hot dog. And so I did a whole episode about that. So that's kind of where it helped me justify why I don't like mayonnaise on a hot dog. But anyway, yeah, there's a long version of answering your question. That's hilarious that you don't like mayonnaise, but you're okay with hot dogs. I like hot dogs, especially just loaded up with mustard and, and especially like chili. Like that's, that's sort of my yeah. thing. I love mustard. Mm -hmm. so. All right. You want another one? Go for it. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. This one is a good one for right now. Wait, are there any foods you don't eat? Because I want to know these answers um, from you too. Black eyed peas. Black the, eyed peas. I hate them. Do you listen to their music? <laughs> You're person to say something like that i have nothing against their music um i'm just not gonna eat them right. <laughs> yeah so um one new year's day i think it was my grandmother forced forced me to eat like this whole big spoonful like a like a kitchen serving size big old scoop full of black eyed peas and i got sick and i will not touch them now i get that idea um i wish that was the same for some alcohol like crown um <laughs> crown royal but no actually no that is the case for crown royal it's not the case for tequila i got sick off tequila also got sick off of crown royal i won't touch crown royal but i do like a good margarita all right ready i'm ready what is the nicest thing anyone's done for you um actually i've got them both right here i'll just take the one down so 
my friend, uh, she's actually, she gave me kind of my break in comedy. Mandy Wilde is an artist. She's a comedian artist, does all kinds of stuff. And she made this for me. (laughs) So this is like a steel frame. I was on an episode of uh, killer couples on oxygen or Uh snapped or I forget which show it was, but anyway, there's a scene where like I check out and buy a pair of shoes and then I turn and give like the guy that rang me up like an evil glare. So that that's the look. So she made a painting (laughs) about that. So like that's, that's the best thing right there. That's great. So, yeah. Very nice. I would say um, you actually in, in, in reminded me that one of the nicest things anyone's ever done for me is similar, very similar. So my company name is Beerly Funny, Beer L-Y Funny. So in and of itself, it's a play on words. And of course we started in breweries. Um, but a friend of mine last year for my birthday, she painted a wooden sign hand painted my logo on it and gave it to me for a birthday present. And I have it at all my shows now. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah. It's, and it's a constant reminder that somebody cares about you enough yeah. to do something like that. You know, it really means a lot. She, um, she also, I'll just show you this too, as a Christmas present, I can get it off the wall, um, made like a, like one of those pop figures <laughs> of That's me. Cute. That's another one. So I love that. You can see the resemblance. I mean, you can see, you know, the red beard. My hair's, not, I mean, you know, it's close enough. It's kind of reddish. So it's brown, but it's got the box, red mixed too. in. The yeah. box is one of the best parts. Yeah, like she went like all in on it. So this is a little bit PG-13, but I mean, my last name's Cox. So, you you know, there's been jokes um, about my name my whole life. But this one, this wordplay, uh, big, it's, I don't know if it slipped around backwards on your end, but it says Big Cox Energy. So, uh-huh. yeah, Anyway. So it is, it's probably visually flipped on yours, but for everyone else it is. So you can see, okay, yeah, like, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, like, I'm an old person. I don't really know how to use technology very well, obviously. So. <laughs> yeah, I think we both said we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. So that's fair. That makes it more fun, though. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think it is helpful when you don't know that you don't know what you're doing, or you don't know that you don't know as much about it, because you don't yeah. know. So you don't know that you don't know that you what you don't know you know i think that was the best part about starting stand-up was that i wasn't weighed down with like all the unwritten rules i was just kind of like this is fun like i'm getting laughs and i'm getting you know <laughs> it I, I used to joke even though it kind of wasn't a joke i would always just say like if i could feel like a bit wasn't working or if the crowd wasn't responding I said, you know, to be honest with you, it's okay if you don't laugh because this is really just my therapy session anyway. So if nothing else, thank you for being here for it. Yeah. And so that was sort of where I got to. But yeah, yeah, it can it can be very, in a weird way, therapeutic for yeah. people because um, comics just by nature are a little bit weird and broken in some ways. Because um, why else would you get up there and? want to make other people laugh if you didn't think that it was needed yeah you, know, you don't see well-adjusted people typically on stage for very long <laughs> if they try it out i am um, i was telling because i did a show i hosted a, jo- a show with comedian jay kendrick from knoxville again and i know jay we were in a festival together in yeah, columbia south carolina jay is so funny and i was talking to him backstage and i was just like i hate that like i always I can never really tell how something's going unless I get 
you know, unless I, the crowd tells me how it's going. I wish I could just be confident and just know if something's working. And he goes, wow, Nate, it's almost like you're a comedian and you need the approval from the audience. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then I started to see it differently after that. I was like, he's right. There are some deep seated issues, obviously, that I have. Or I wouldn't be doing this in the first place. So mm-hmm. that's but, very fair. Give me uh, at least one more question, if you don't mind, or if you've got some more. We can save. If you're, if you're down to do this again another time, I'd love to sit and chat. And Hey, I like this joke. It's a little controversial from a comedian's perspective. Not really. But um, as a comedian, you're always supposed to do your own material. Oh, there's a cat. Oh, here's like... <laughs> his little tail. Oh, uh, yeah, this is my cat. Well, it's not my I, cat. It's my roommate's cat. That's cat. Nice, that's a cool cameo for the cat just to sneak <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, hanging out um but uh so we're always on stage we're always supposed to do our own material but i you know you might have your own favorite joke that's in general so what's like your favorite street joke which would be like anyone a joke anyone could tell oh man um there's one that i heard recently that's very basic but it was um how many comedians does it take to screw in a light bulb how many two you have one up on the ladder putting it in the other one saying how long has he been up there (laughs) that's great that's great that's like an inside industry joke yeah so um do you think that your crowd gets that or do you want to explain why that's funny um I, (laughs) i think for the most part they'll get it but yeah it's just the concept of like that's all comedians really care about is just like when you're at a show or you're getting ready to go on or whatever like, hey how long have they been up there like that's the number one question you hear a million times and so yeah, yeah it's such a when simple when do i go up when's when how yeah. many more before me here's the thing like i don't have any concept because like we're better at a time actually and this proves my point i don't have any concept of time mm-hmm. like i still haven't figured that out yet when someone says yeah five or ten or fifteen thirty minutes i'm just like okay like i kind of just wait for the light i kind of <laughs> yeah but yeah, because I hear like there are two people that two professions that talk in terms of minutes as comedians and wrestlers, like wrestlers talk oh, in terms okay. of minutes as well. Like you got this segment's eight minutes and they go and they time out their matches or whatever. And I've if you saw my episode with Lance Adams, you know how big of a wrestling nerd I am. But yeah, so like I'm still trying to figure out the, the timing and that sort of thing. Well, um, Jake Manning is a comedian, comedy show producer and wrestler. Do you know Jake? I know the name. I don't think I've ever associated with him in any way, though. Does a podcast. I've been on his podcast twice called How Does This Get How Did This Get Booked? And it's about bad comedy or bad wrestling shows that they have people who don't know anything about wrestling come on and talk about the matches. Oh, that would be great. Um, you need to, to connect with Jake because yeah. he's a guest on your show. And then, you know, I don't know if he's still running his podcast I, right now, but. I deleted them. I, I deleted my wrestling episodes. I had some podcast episodes about it. Then I realized they were my lowest listened to episodes ever. So I was like, yeah, no one cares about this like I do. Um, there's another street joke that, speaking of Jay Kendrick, made him really laugh at an open mic that we did together. And it made me really proud to make him laugh like that. Okay. And I, I just got up and the first thing that I said was, why is there no other word for synonym? <laughs> it's stupid (laughs) and like two people laugh and jay just busted out laughing and then when people heard him laughing they started laughing so Uh thank you jay i appreciate and that's a perfect example of how laughter is infectious and contagious (laughs) 
It really is. That's why we need to have more comedy in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, quickly bounce one more question and then we'll save some more of these. And I want to ask, I'm, I'm going to write some for you as well. The next time we chat, I'll make sure I have some okay. questions for you. Oh, I already, I put them back in. So I called, I pulled one out that we already did. Um, what is one thing that you like about yourself? <sighs> really playing into my just narcissism one day, here. Just one. Um, we only have time for one. Um, maybe this is me overestimating myself. I'd like to think that I can carry a conversation with about anyone. Hmm and about anything, you know, not necessarily pretending I'm an expert on whatever that topic is, but just to be able, like, I think we talked about that right before we started recording was I can talk to you or, you know, I think my favorite thing is when I can connect with someone that doesn't expect me to connect with them. Like I've gotten that before where people will say, Oh, Nate, you know, I didn't expect you to, which is kind of backhanded. Like I didn't expect you to be this cool to talk to, but you're actually pretty cool. Like that's my favorite compliment. Like, mm -hmm. especially when it's someone that I have nothing in common with to be able to sort of get in there on the surface, have nothing in common with and get in there and become friends with. So yeah. that's been my favorite yeah. thing about doing comedy for a little over a year is meeting all kinds of different people and just, I love it too. Them yeah. to be like, like checking me out, like, who's this guy? And then I like win them over a little bit and like, okay, he's pretty cool. So that's been my favorite thing. Yeah. I love so. how you can meet different, all different types of personalities from doing standup. I have friends that I would have never met other, if it weren't for comedy. You answered that question real quick though, if you don't mind, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I think one of my favorite things that I like about myself is that I'm empathetic. I feel like I can, um, myself in other people's shoes which helps me to understand and appreciate where they're coming from it's it's also kind of a negative because i i can't stay upset with people if they've wronged me or if somebody else feels like something bad has happened um because i can kind of understand why maybe or well maybe it was because they were thinking this or that but yeah. i think overall it's a good thing because um you know, it just like to your point, it helps you with conversations and make meaningful connections with people. Yeah, that's um, that's like my favorite thing in the world is to do that. That's again, that's right up there with making people laugh. Is just be able to chat with them and connect on their level and see where it goes. So, what I meant to ask you this right up front, like I'm like the worst host. Um, where can people find you, like on social media and stuff? Okay, so um, my name is Lauren Ansley, A-N-S-L-E-Y. So um, I have a page, Lauren Ansley Comedy, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter, in theory, but I don't use it regularly. I don't either. And then, oh, yeah, my, my yeah. comedy show production company is called Beerly Funny. That's beer, like the drink, L-Y, funny, Beerly Funny. And we also have Facebook and Instagram and BeerlyFunny.com. Cool, cool. So, well, thanks. Yeah, no problem. And thank you for taking time to chat with me today. I'm like, you know, we talked about this already, but anytime you want to get on here and chat, whether we need to record it or not, like whatever, like I, yeah. you know, I've got some free time, although here in a minute, you know, I do need to put on my firefighter suit and see. You know, if <laughs> yeah, good luck to you. <laughs> I, you know what I'm actually hoping? I'm actually hoping that like they, this grocery store is hiring me just so I can host like a new version of supermarket suite. <laughs> seen people posting <laughs> memes about that. Yeah. Like, ladies with their perms and their oversized sweaters and light khaki pants running up and down the aisles. I mean, 
market. To be fair, that was kind of where I got the bug to do this is I worked at a shoe store a few years ago and they have a microphone. They have like a little stage and a microphone that like you have a wheel that you spin. I know like, what, you're, what you're talking yeah, about. So <laughs> I would get up there and just start telling jokes and just trying to be funny and like doing commentary of people shopping. And I got in trouble for that every now and then. <laughs> of course you did. But we also, I know we're supposed to be wrapping up the show, but I keep thinking of funny things. My friend Chance and I, when we worked at Walmart, he and I, this was before they remodeled and before they changed the PA system. I think they changed it because of us. Not only could we get on the PA and say and do whatever we wanted on there, but we could also page each other's department without them knowing it. So like I could hit star or whatever to, he worked in electronics, so I could hear his conversations if he was at the register. And then he could hear me if I jumped in. So I would just wait to like the worst comedic moment. Like he's ringing someone up and I would say something completely off the wall and then he'd have to play it off. Like he didn't know it anyway. So yeah, that, but that's the, my, those two really good grocery experiences were kind of what gave me the bug to try to be funny. Cause I just love that shoe store being up there with the mic and just doing all that. So I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping this grocery store now will let me do some supermarket sweep or some stand up on top <laughs> of a register or something. I don't know. Uh huh. So. Uh huh. Some um, comedy, comic relief during social distancing as people are shopping and freaking out. Yeah. That's the only way to survive, man. Like, that's the only way I know how to get by is just through humor and laughing and and that sort of stuff. So Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, we gotta gotta get on here again sometime. We gotta... Yeah, this this is nice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And hopefully when all this is over, like, I've been wanting to, like, get out and travel a little bit. So come hang out in Charlotte and see what yeah. you're working on out there, that whole thing. So Yeah, there's a nice scene out here. So I could definitely connect you with some of the other producers and the open mics and stuff, too. Definitely. I've heard that it's pretty cool out there. I just, I haven't officially met anyone from that area until today. Like, literally today. Yeah. We've never ah. <laughs> met until today. So. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's quite a few um, scenes up and down, like, in the area, like Columbia, Charleston, uh, Greensboro, uh, Raleigh, the Triangle area, in addition to Charlotte. Yeah, I've got a friend down in Columbia, so maybe I could visit them and come to Charlotte and do all kinds of different stuff. So Yeah, bring it. Come on. But, but for those listening, I don't know if you're listening, watching, however you're checking this out, thanks again to Lauren Ansley of Beerly Funny for joining me on the show today. Make sure you're following her and hope to have more content with her coming up here pretty soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Nate. No problem. Bye, everybody. Bye.